When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Trevor Woods here with SB Nation's Maize and Brew with another edition of Getting to Know Michigan's Opponent. This week's opponent is the Northwestern Wildcats, a team that is 3-3 three and three on the year and had a bit of a confusing start, in my opinion. The past couple weeks are a reflection of that. They lost a couple weeks ago 56-7 to in Nebraska and then had a pretty good win on Saturday against Rutgers, winning 21-7. to To get some further insight into the Northwestern football program, we have a writer from Inside NU, Ben Chasen is his name. How are you today, Ben? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, yeah, we're really happy to have you on. And, yeah, so basically let's get to it and kind of what I just said in the prelude there. The past couple weeks, they lose to Nebraska 56-7, who Nebraska, they gave Michigan a run for their money. Michigan ended up winning in the last minute there. And then... Northwestern had a good week, like I said, 21-7 against Rutgers. So uh, could you kind of explain the past couple weeks and what game is more of a reflection of the program right now this season, or uh, is it somewhere in between of the good and the bad there? It's probably somewhere in between, and and, and I've been saying this almost every single week since the start of the season for Northwestern. but it's really still kind of hard to know. I mean, last year, Northwestern went to the Big Ten Championship, uh, and then they lost their defensive coordinator, Mike Hankwitz, uh, who had been coaching for 51 years. I think he was actually a Michigan alum. Um, they lost 
Greg Newsom, who was a cornerback who went in the first round. They lost Patty Fisher, who had been the heart and soul of the team at linebacker, and his right-hand man, Bryce Gallagher, who was also at linebacker, J.R. Pace, who was a safety. They lost a bunch of guys on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side. Um, and so we're still kind of like in a, a new age of this roster, and we're still adjusting to what's new. Uh, what you saw against Rutgers this weekend, that 21-7 win, was a completely different look than what we'd seen for Northwestern against Power 5 competition thus far this year. Obviously, the Nebraska loss was the worst of it with that 56-7 blowout. Um, but those were just a combined a combination of missed tackles, of missed assignments, of basically wide-open gaps uh, against the triple option uh, that, that Adrian Martinez ran well. Um, Northwestern was really, really solid tackling. I think the majority of the team's issues have been defensive. Um, and so when the team was able to tackle and kind of cover those gaps a lot better against uh, Rutgers this weekend, uh, they were able to succeed. And that, that was evident in the only seven points that they gave up. Now you mentioned that the defense has been one of the issues for Northwestern to this point. And specifically, it looks like on defense, it's their rushing defense. Northwestern, they rank 42nd in passing yards allowed, but then when it goes down to rushing defense, they're 117th. Michigan on the yeah. other Michigan on the other hand, they have the seventh ranked rushing offense. So what are your thoughts there heading into this one? Uh, my thoughts are that Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins have been haunting my nightmare since Saturday. Uh, so I think, I, I mean, I, I don't know how it's going to go uh, against those two. Obviously, uh, Michigan's got a ferocious Russian offense with two great backs, uh, a quarterback who can, who can run the offense confidently, an offensive line that's up there in physicality uh, with, with every other offensive line in the country. Um, I think that if you see the Northwestern that we saw against Rutgers, which hopefully I think for Northwestern fans they've turned some sort of corner, um, and not the one you saw against Nebraska. They'll be able to contain a Corum, Corum and Haskins. Um, I don't know whether that's going to happen. And if, if, if you do see what we saw, I think, in the first half against Duke, uh, what we saw game long against Kenneth Walker and, and, and Michigan State, uh, and obviously uh, what we saw against Adrian Martinez and, and the Cornhuskers, uh, it could get pretty ugly. But obviously the most recent game is, is what we have to base – our assumptions for the next game off of. So if Northwestern used the bye week productively and they've schematically changed things enough um, and executed better enough to, to, to turn the corner, then I think you could see a better turnout, but still not a great turnout against uh, a really, really strong Michigan rushing offense. Now on the offensive side of the ball for Northwestern, if they're going to have success in this one, who should we be looking to have a good day? I mean, I think it starts with the offensive line. Ryan Holinsky is the quarterback, and he's kind of not the most mobile guy, uh, doesn't pass incredibly well on the run, and he's been forced out of the pocket really quickly uh, in some of Northwestern's losses this year. He was given a lot of time. So look at guys like Peter Skaronsky, Sam Jarek, um, on the O-line to be able to kind of give a push up front and, and give guys time. But obviously in terms of playmakers, you're not usually hearing offensive linemen's name called. Um, so I, I'd say look out for Stefan Robinson, who's now put up two consecutive 100-yard performances. Uh, even in that loss against Nebraska, he put up well over 100 yards. Um, and look out on, on, on in terms of running, 
it's more of a three-headed monster than anything else uh, with, with Evan Hull, Andrew Clare, and Anthony Tyus. They all provide different things. Uh, Evan Hull will be the main guy I think you'll see, uh, but I believe Clare led the way against, against Rutgers, so kind of be on the lookout for all three of those guys. Tyus has 201 yards on the year, Clare with 234, and then Hull, 562, and you mentioned receiver Robinson. Yeah, 424 yards receiving this year, 28 receptions, 15 point yards per catch. Got to ask you a Michigan State question. Michigan, sure. Michigan we're, we're looking ahead over here too. So are the Michigan players a bit. You can be focused on two things at the same time. College students know that well. But any, anyway, Pat Fitzgerald, I'm getting this from Pat Fitzgerald. He said that Michigan is probably the best team we played all year. To this point, it's not even close, he said. Watching everybody on tape, uh, Michigan, Fitzgerald said he was really impressed. Said a lot of really good things about Michigan. Said how violent their defense is. And Pat Fitzgerald must have been having a pretty good day at the press conference yesterday. When he's in a good mood, he is a fun guy to be around. But back to my point, Northwestern, the first week of the season... They lost to Michigan State 38-21. to Obviously, Michigan State's undefeated. Michigan's undefeated at 6-0. and What are your thoughts on Fitzgerald's comments there? Do you think those are more true than false, or do you think that's a little bit of coach speak, uh, getting his guys motivated before a game on Saturday? I do believe that Michigan is the best team Northwestern has played thus far this season. Um, and, and potentially the best team that they will play this entire season. Um, but I think that that in, in terms of by far the best team that we've seen on tape, I think it's hard for Pat Fitzgerald to, 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 to I, I think he meant it, sure, um, but I, I think that maybe that's a little overstated given just how bad Northwestern got blown out uh, by Michigan State. I mean, it was the emergence of Kevin, Kenneth Walker um, in a way that I don't think anyone expected right off the bat. He had a 70-plus yard touchdown run. Um, so I, I think that... Fitz is a very fun guy uh, to, to have in press conferences, especially after a win. Um, he's definitely throwing some snark around a, a, a reporter. He, he loves to play his cards close to the vest. A uh, reporter asked him about a schematic change that he noticed, and, and he kind of just quit back. You expect me to answer that? Um, and, and, and just kind of sat there for a, a fat minute. Uh, so I, I think generally, though, he does try and play up the opponent uh, in the week ahead. He definitely did that with Duke, Nebraska. Now those are teams that Northwestern lost to still. Um, but I, I, I think that two things can be true at once, which is that he might have understated the quality of Michigan State in that press conference answer, and at the same time, Michigan can still probably be the best team Northwestern has played this year and, and still might end up being uh, the best team that they play this year when it's all said and done. They still have Iowa on the schedule, but as of now, obviously, Michigan is the highest-ranked team that Northwestern has on its schedule this year. Now, it's been a few years since Michigan and Northwestern played. They don't play as frequently as they used to. We already talked before you jumped on the pod. that I'm disappointed by that. I love coming to Evanston, but this one's in Ann Arbor. The last time Michigan and Northwestern faced, Northwestern was up in the game 17 to nothing. Michigan ended up winning that one in Evanston, uh, 20 to 17. It was a close one. Basically, you already mentioned Northwestern has a new defensive coordinator. Are there any schematic changes since then defensively, or is it kind of status quo scheme-wise? 
And then the same question offensively. Uh, I think that it's definitely a little different. Uh, defensively, or defensively um, Jim O'Neill is the new defensive coordinator. He replaces Mike Hankowitz. Hankowitz ran a one-gap scheme, so that's a little less aggressive, more sit-back wait for your opponent to make mistakes, um, and then capitalize when they do. Jim O'Neill comes uh, from a background of, of, we'll call it mixed NFL results. He was a defensive coordinator for a couple of years. Most recently, he was the defensive backs coach uh, with the Oakland Raiders, or Vegas Raiders, I should say, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so O'Neill kind of had got off to a rough start. The uh, defense is kind of pouncing a lot more quickly it's a more aggressive scheme that forces the front seven to to make a lot of reads really quickly and with a lot of guys uh, who didn't start last year because of so many departing starters on northwestern's defense um that definitely was evident in the first couple of games as guys kind of weren't making those reads quickly enough they were getting turned around a lot but it's more aggressive um up front whether or not that'll work against michigan uh, remains to be seen, and I, I, I doubt that. It looked a lot more like what we had seen um, from Northwestern years past against Rutgers this past weekend, so potentially they're reverting back to that scheme a little more. Pat Fitzgerald is a linebacker first before he was a head coach, um, so it's possible that he definitely has a lot of say in the defensive scheme and not just Jim O'Neill, who would definitely go with more of that aggressive NFL-type scheme. Uh, offensively, it kind of varies year to year, so Clayton Thorson was the QB the last time. Uh, that Northwestern faced Michigan, uh, and the running backs after Jeremy Larkin went down uh, was was Isaiah Bowser mainly. Both those guys are gone now. Um, I mean, Northwestern's offense has never really been remarkably explosive, uh, but this year, more than it had been in the past, um, it, it's been a more, I don't know, there's no better way to say it, but more explosive uh, offense. They've had larger chunk plays, a lot of deep passes to, to Stephon Robinson. Bryce Kurtz was another speed receiver who seemingly is going to be out for this game, probably for an extended period of time and potentially for the entire season. So Michigan fans don't have to worry about him. Um, but it's a lot of pound the ball up the middle um, and then potentially use play action uh, or, or other deep pass schemes uh, to get guys like Stephon Robinson and Malik Washington uh, open open deep downfield. And last question for you. I never really ask people for a game prediction, but what's your gut telling you in this one? How do you think it's going to play out? Yeah, well, I saw the spread this morning is like up to 23 and a half. Uh, so I keep thinking around that number because uh, I do think it'll probably be around 23 and a half. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Michigan 38, Northwestern 14. So give Michigan the advantage uh, in the spread. I just think that this Michigan offense, particularly in its running strike, uh, is is going to get a lot of nice big jump plays. Expect a, a defensive turnover for a touchdown or two for the Wolverines as well. I also wouldn't be surprised if it went completely uh, completely the other way. Not that I expect Northwestern to blow Michigan out at the big house, um, but I do think that they could play this game more competitively than some people expect. But I'm going to play things conservatively, go with the favorite, go with a slight cover for the Michigan Wolverines. 38-14 would be my prediction in favor of Michigan. All right. Well, you heard it from Ben. And, Ben, can you tell people how they can find you on Twitter and otherwise? Yeah, at Ben Chasen, I-N-U, no spaces, no underscores, nothing. Um, and then follow Inside NU uh, or view our content at InsideNU.com. Uh, no spaces or, or any capitals in any of that either. Um, but yeah, keep up with us. Obviously, thanks to Mason Brew for having us on. Uh, and go Cats.